0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
1: I'm totally cheating because Tangled Up in Blue is my favorite all-time song, and I'm not going to pick it uh, because I am sick of you two musical snobs oh, who boy. play your instruments and know things like notes and beats and stuff uh, <laughs> looking down on me. So tonight, I'm going to rock and roll, but it's a long way to the top. Oh, really? really want to yeah. rock and roll. Fifty years of music with fifty year old white guys
0: (laughs) dip a dubit, dip a dubit,
1: fellas, how are you? Good afternoon, sir. Good. Ben Barton, how are you? Good. Ready to do this thing, man. Excellent. So Ben is in his office. Jeff, you're in your bedroom with the wood-paneled
0: bed? This is uh, getting mean, We're on it, a maybe? podcast so they can't see and going wood-paneled yeah. yeah. bed. was a little – maybe a little nervous. We like might – ca- no, no, that's it's not like, bad. He, that's, that's his punishment dungeon. That's, that's what I was he's gonna going to say.
2: If you've seen The Princess Bride, you know what I'm working with here. It's oh, the, dude, It's I was the, thinking, le, the year machine. That's much better
0: because I was thinking Pulp Fiction Basement. You know what
2: I'm saying? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, tomato, tomato.
0: Well,
1: this is podcast number seven. The year is 1975. Quick update for you all. We are up to 78 downloads across the world. No Ooh. way. 78. No way. Go ahead. Uh, name a country. Malta. No, nope, not in Malta.
2: Name another country. <laughs> <laughs> France. Malta, like, I'm so, France.
1: We've got a download in Australia. Yeah. In Costa Rica, in England, in wow. Germany, um, in uh, South Africa. I, I mean, we're, we've gone global. <laughs> next actually, our next really goal exciting. is to get um, a follow-up download in these areas because right now it's just one and done where they, <laughs> they download, take a listen, and they're like, yeah, thanks anyway. Um, don't worry. We'll, we'll get them eventually.
2: That's exciting.
1: Uh, 1975, gentlemen, a tough, tough year to decide on a favorite song. Were you able to do it? I don't want to
0: tip my hand, but I, am, uh, I had a lot of trouble. Did you? Ben, what about you? I did a kind of squirrely cheating thing. But uh, yeah, I came to a pretty firm conclusion on this year.
1: Okay. So a a cheating thing like I did? like Well, you'll see
0: next year. Okay,
1: okay. (laughs) Well, it was particularly tough for me without a record collection. Like you guys obviously have stuff. Whereas I go to the internet and I say, best songs of 1975. Turns out, there's a band called the 1975. There is. Yeah. Woo. Trying to avoid them on the internet and on Spotify <laughs> is really difficult.
0: Are these guys any good? Do you like them? Yeah, I do. I dig them. Do you, huh. uh, do you like the new record? No, the last one was better.
2: I totally agree. I find the new one. Um, I'm, I downloaded it because they're one of those bands that's worth checking out. Okay. But uh, it's 80 minutes long. Um, and uh, I'm finding that um, problematic. Is there navel-gazing with the Nike? No, 1925? actually, I don't, I think they're just, uh, I think they recorded and recorded and recorded and recorded, and then we're like, oh, the hell with it. We're in a coronavirus. Let's just put it all out. Uh, it's <laughs> kind of like a rock, it's like actually like a rock mixtape, you know? Like, that's the hip-hop thing, right? Like, record 26 tracks, put them all out and see what sticks. Most rock bands curate and try to put out, like, Something shorter sure. and more like an album because that's the, the history, but this right. strikes me as like a rock mixtape, you know? And no, and their last
0: record was a super tight collection of songs that was basically like, almost like a think piece. So that mm-hmm. was what was sad about the what, second
1: what was uh What was the name of that
2: album, Do you know?
0: It had the word internet in it, Jeff know.
2: It has, no I don't, it's like 40, 40 lines long. Their album titles are really long. Huh. But I liked them, I mean, they, I wish the drums were less electronic. I find like rock, a rock band that doesn't have a real drum kit just bums me out, and they are that band. But okay. that, that particular sound, they do it pretty well.
1: Well, let's play a quick game of categories uh, to get you guys up and on your feet. Are you ready? Yeah. You are going to name a great album from 1975, and we're going to see how long we can go. Ben, you go
0: first. Album. Oh, okay, uh, Born to Run.
2: Great, Jeff. Blood on the tracks. Ben. Uh, the first Fleetwood Mac record comes out. Fleetwood Mac. Yes. No, no, no. The first Fleetwood Mac record with Lindsey.
1: With Buckingham. Stevie and
2: Lindsey. Yeah. Sure, man. <laughs> okay, the first Jeff. are like
0: record worth listening
2: to. Dude, there are like <laughs> fifteen Fleetwood Mac records before that. Like, come on, that's rough on the. Uh, All right, Dave. Dave uh, uh, Mason. Who was the? Who was the lead guy of Fleetwood Mac? Peter Green. Before the first one, and then uh, then they went through like a million dudes. I mean, I, bands have more members in it than. Uh, when I was living in professional San Francisco. sports franchises, when I was living
1: in San Francisco in the nineties, I talked to my brother and my uh, other buddy to go to see Dave Matthews uh, with me because Dave Matthews was this hot young new artist. A lot of college girls will be there. Trust me, this is going to be great. I got the name wrong. It was uh, the former Dave
2: league Dave guitar- Mason. Dave Mason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we walk into the bar. Wow. And we were by far the youngest people in the Only
2: bar. <laughs> you know and I know. That's him, isn't it? Isn't that Dave Mason? All right. Back to you, Jeff. Physical graffiti is 1975. Oh, that was going to be mine. Uh, Bob Dylan,
0: the band The Basement Tapes. Yes. Yep. Jeff? Oh,
2: I'm not. You're not playing. Toys in the Attic.
0: Good. Back to Ben.
2: Uh, Neil Young, tonight's the night. Good work. Uh, uh, Pink Floyd, wish you were here. Yep. Patty Smith, horses. Wow. I thought that was 76. I'm almost 75. 75. How about that? And I taught that record this year. That's embarrassing. Uh, The Who by Numbers. All right, now I'm in trouble. Uh, I got another one by one of the artists we already named. Uh, (laughs) I'll throw that to you. Like one of the one of the artists you already named put out another record in seventy five. Oh, is there another Neil Young record? There is another Neil Young record. Very good. I'm not gonna know what that is, and it's, I don't think this is Stones
0: record. It's uh no. it's only Rock and Roll is seventy four, right? Yep. And Black a, and Blue is seventy
2: six. Seventy six, very good. Uh, well, I'm screwed. Then I'm out. You're out. Well, it's uh, Zuma is the other oh, Neil Young record. Oh, that's that's a tough gap. Coach Cortez, <laughs> Cortez the Killers on that record. Um, yeah. But I also want to give shout outs to Rush and Fly By Night. Okay. And, the, and the Kiss Alive record is okay. 1975 with Rock and Roll All Night. And then after that, I'd be, you'd have well, to. Well,
1: Jeff Simons, you're missing uh, the Eagles put out one of their, one of your favorite albums of theirs. One of These Nights uh, was 1975. Uh, that's that's awesome.
2: is, That is the greatest Eagles song of I and it's not even close, but <laughs> that's not a hard, that's not a hard get.
1: Sorry, if there are any listeners out there who, who are actually listening, um, we don't like the Eagles. And someday we'll tell you why on one of these podcasts. Um,
2: we, I, I don't like the Eagles.
1: I think the best album title is The Hissing of Summer Lawns. Joni Mitchell. What, a, what an album title.
2: Yeah, I don't know not, any songs off it. but <laughs> Not a great record. Oh, all right, but it's got a couple good songs. It's good. So I, I was thinking
1: of making this our newest. Um, you know, we've got the impossible question. We've got the invitation to cynicism. Uh, I, I would like to offer the possibility of a uh, of a new shtick on our podcast. Uh, watch Ben Barton's face. So <laughs> I purposefully did not send out titles and artists of the <laughs> Grammy winner and the number one hit. But I just want to capture Ben's reaction for 1975. Don't say the title. Don't I say won't. the artist. I'll have Helen put that in later. You just go ahead and start playing, Jeff. It's the Grammy winner.
3: Send in the Clowns by Judy Collins.
0: Oh, no, no. This is the best song of the year. got to be kidding me. Are we a
3: pair? Be here at last on the ground. Oh, the Japanese
2: option today. The song of the year. Now, I also, because I was let in on the secret, I have queued up the best version of that Uh, song, just really quickly. That's not it? No, this is it. Send in. The clowns
1: those daffy laffy clowns send in those soulful and doleful
0: schmaltz by the bowlful Wow Clowns. That's... So one of the running so, so a couple of things to note. The first thing okay. is that people <laughs> say that music used to be better and it clearly is not true. It's never been worse than it was in the 70s. I mean, it's (laughs) unbelievable how awful it is. Second, the time lag thing, they just keep going backwards. Yeah, unbelievable. We made our way to 1948 now. Like, it's it's unimaginable.
2: The other thing I have to say is that that record, that Judy Collins record, became um, an elephant gift in my family. It was a gift that, it's called Bread and Roses, and people gave it to each other, the same copy of the record as a joke for about 15 years, oh, like we great. got it. My parents re-gifted it to somebody and then it came back four years later. So they sent it to somebody else and like three years later it came back in the mail. Like, oh. so I remember that record, like I remember my parents getting that record in the mail and bursting out laughing twice. And i was like, <laughs> what's the story And they had to explain it to me. But like that, that's, yeah. uh, even then I think people knew that was that, some disposable art. That was art. the
1: song of the year. We just named all those albums, right, all those right. incredible artists. And we went with "Sending the Clowns." I think I remember that from like a Muppet Show or something. Totally perfect Muppet v- Show record. What was the version that you just did? That oh, was
2: that from was Cr- the Clown. Simpsons. That
0: was Krusty the Clown <laughs> from the Simpsons.
1: That's right. <laughs> They're already
2: there. Uh, that's from Krusty's last show, right? Yep, that's the Krusty Comeback Special, man. All right, that so is. let's yeah.
1: try to wrap our head around 1975. If that's the song of the year, those are some of the great albums. Um, Jeff Simons, what was Operation Frequent Wind?
2: <laughs> um, I mean, going to Taco Bell? I don't know. Operation Frequent. Wind. Isn't that awful? That's great. Operation I've, Frequent I've, I've Wind. I have no
1: idea. Um, was the extraction of U.S. troops
2: from? Oh my god,
0: that's what they called it? Really? Oh my god! Oh, I was, yeah. was, was going to guess that. that, but I yeah. was
2: like, that can't. They couldn't can't have been that be Wow
0: maybe it,
1: maybe in the original vietnamese it, it came out better but fred by the way that Wings, picture
2: of them pushing refugees back as the last helicopter oh, takes off is one of the two or three like defining images i remember bd in dunesbury getting a letter from fred his, his uh, laotian terrorist friend with that drawing in the background and uh-huh. like for me, that's one. I feel like that was one of the two or three cartoons that helped me grow up in the seventies. Wow! Like I, that was, yeah.
1: Remember um, that yeah. I mean, they were on the roof of the embassy, right? Those last Marines right. coming out. Um, all right, Ben Barton. Name the two musical artists who performed on Saturday Night Live's debut show back in nineteen seventy-five.
2: Was Paul Simon one of them?
1: No. Great guest,
0: though.
2: I think he hosted the third show. That's such a great guest.
1: So George Carlin was the first
2: host. Yeah. Two musical artists. Um, Can I take a guess? Yes, please. I think they were kind of low rent. I think Janice Ian was one of them, singing At At 17.
1: That is remarkable. At 17, Janice Ian. um, I don't know
0: the
2: other one.
1: Billy Preston.
0: No oh, way. he's high rent.
1: Nothing from nothing. Um, those are the two musical performances.
2: And the best version of that song is Eddie Murphy pretending to be his dad singing that in <laughs> the delirious special. Nothing from nothing is nothing. <laughs> um, Jeff Simons,
1: the Lutz family moves into 112 Ocean Avenue on Long Island and they move out 28 days later. Why?
2: Is that the Amityville Horror? That
1: is the Amityville Horror. Excellent. Ben Barton, Peter Gabriel leaves Genesis. Good move or bad
0: move? God, you're barking at the wrong tree, man. All of those acts suck. Oh, my God. You're the worst.
2: I'm thinking <laughs> no. of Peter Gabriel's song in the 80s just to-, just to Peter just to Gabriel sucks
0: and Genesis sucks. That's, That's so it. wrong. So
1: ah. it, was, it was not good for either of them, nor was it
0: bad for either of them. They just,
2: they just continued it, sucking. No, it, Tim it, just wanted it, them to it, sink doubled, slowly into the Atlantic Ocean. very
0: poor output, and, <laughs> and it brought us Phil Collins. They should have stayed together. Then maybe Phil Collins never would have happened. Right. But then you don't get the Tarzan movie.
1: <laughs> huh? Did you ever think about that? Um, oh, and sorry. then I had, I had Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham join Fleetwood Mac – Good move or
2: bad move for them, Jeff Simon's? Oh, I mean, are you kidding? They were a duo called Buckingham Nicks that put out a solo record that sold four copies, and they were living in a flea bag hotel on Sunset. Like, very, very, very good move for everybody, because Fleetwood Mac's career was in the toilet as well. That was right. kind of a magical peanut butter meets the chocolate, and then the peanut butter sleeps with all the different <laughs> members of the, <laughs> of the chocolate. <laughs> I don't know. That was that's a whole thing. That really got a lot
0: there, but I hear you. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right. Um, f- what is your all-time favorite television show song, opening song?
2: Either one of you.
0: Beans down in the kitchen.
2: I'm going to go with, well, the world don't move <laughs> to the beat of just one drum. Oh,
0: no, really?
2: I love that one. Excellent. I like the end where it goes, Moves the world. Ooh. <laughs> good. This is <laughs> this is lovely. This is uh My wife is singing it from the kitchen. Is that's she? how damn good that song is. Yeah, I can hear. Her. Here she comes, cameo. Yes. That's my girl.
1: Well, let's go with the best. Oh, this is this is hard because Hill Street Blues is gonna come up with an incredible. I, I believe it's the same composer, right? Mike Post? Mike post the mic go post ahead Mike song. you're gonna jeff you're gonna play the song ben's gonna name the show <laughs>
0: Rockford Files? Yes. yes it is. Yeah. What a pull. So
2: great. I was close.
0: I know the sitcom ones much better. You were shaking so, your head
2: like you had no idea. And my then, yaya only oh. had one celebrity crush and it was James Garner and like if she'd had a couple she was like uncomfortably <laughs> interested in communicating her sexual attraction to James Garner to me. <laughs> I remember that very clearly from my childhood as well.
1: Though you've tried to block it out.
2: Oh, I have. Yeah. Um,
1: well, Ben Barton, uh, let's watch Ben Barton's face. This is the number one hit of 1975. I wonder what the 70s will throw at us.
2: I also wonder how many seconds it will take before there's an exclamation of, rec- of horrid recognition. Dude, I got sent in the clowns on two notes. It's the number one hit.
3: Love Will Keep Us Together by The Captain and
1: Tennille.
3: Oh, no. Love will keep us together. Love, will keep us together. Think of me, babe, whenever some sweet talking girl come along, sing it a song. Don't mess around; you just gotta be strong. Just stop.
2: Oh, that sounds unquestionably not that bad. And no, win. totally. I agree with that. Actually,
0: I was just thinking that. What year is "Joy to the World"? Nineteen seventy-one. Okay, right? so this is this is the second best song in the seventies. Period of the oh, one wi- of the greatest yeah. of the oh, top okay. hits, right? That's I I, mean. I don't like that song. I would never listen to it on purpose, but it doesn't make me want to cry.
1: If, yeah. if you're at a wedding, you're gonna get on the dance
2: floor.
0: Oh no way! I'm holding I would, house. I would stay on the dance floor. Bunk.
2: Oh, I would stay on the dance floor All if right. that was in the mix. But I'm not going to walk off and protest if that comes on. But it will oh, be... Oh, I am. That's, I'm definitely getting a drink. The dancing becomes ironic at that point at best. That's right. <sighs> you um...
0: can't dance to that. that the, the no, it's, it's so terrible. Slow. You know what's so funny? That's, were you that not, is, were you that's not a watching perfect,
2: my camera? It's a perfect example of a song at an impossible dance groove. Like, it really is true. Like, there's this whole... There's this whole BPM space where like people just get herky-jerky and are like Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld and that is like <laughs> exhibit A. That's I, I, I
1: disagree totally. That, that rhythm mm-hmm. or beat totally speaks to me. I think of Steve Martin in The Jerk where suddenly his feet are tapping when he hears the song on the radio. Finally finding his rhythm that he can dance to. <laughs> yeah, so... All right. The captain and Tennille, a fascinating story. She sang sang backup for the Beach Boys. She sang backup for Pink Floyd. Yeah. Um, And then all of a sudden, she was in some sort of uh, aquatic show in in, um, San Francisco that moved to L.A., and that's when she met the captain. Another hey, keyboard.
0: Back up on Pink Floyd must not have been. I wish you were here. What what rec- was it like? An Umaguma? Like what record is she singing back up on?
1: So it's got to be the one before. It's I um, wish you were here.
2: She's, sing- she's on the she's in the chorus on Eclipse on Dark Side. Oh, all right. those background you, vocals. You can't help
0: me out with Umaguma.
2: Come on now, that's um, what I'm looking. Umaguma. <laughs> I believe uh, it's El Gumma. I think Pink Floyd fans Oh, you're are gonna, gonna
0: correct make, my pronunciation. We just lost the <laughs> Pink
2: Floyd dude. You know the Pink the Australian guy's a Pink Floyd fanatic. We're gonna lose him.
1: <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> uh, um, the impossible question to Jeff Simons. Oh, that's Indonesia great. invaded East Timor, starting a war between the two nations in nineteen seventy-five, which begs the question. Is Indonesia undervalued on the world stage? And Jeff Simons, can you tell me the population of Indonesia?
2: Oh, this is just going to be humiliating. Um, okay, so my, my experience with Indonesia, sadly, is wayward Westerners trudging to Bali to find meaning and um, co-opting it as a space to realign chakras um, without any kind of really genuine um, connection with the culture. So I probably I probably discredit e- Indonesia as a uh, destination site for spiritual tourists more than anything, though I'm okay. sure Indonesians would appreciate not being thought of that way. How, how many people live in Indonesia? I'm gonna guess it is a shockingly high number. Small place, enormous population. <sighs> And I'm going to say, oh, God, I'm going to embarrass myself here. I'm going to say that 9 million people live in India. Oh, Indiana.
0: my God, dude. That's like, so, first of all, it's the world's biggest Muslim country. Right. And I think there are 500 million people.
1: So, there are 320 million in the U.S., I think. Are there I are more
2: Indonesians th- than Americans. No. Is that right? No, no. Okay. Indonesia
1: is 267
2: million. Still, oh, I mean, right. still, that's in, just incredibly embarrassing. That, that is awkward. a
1: big Big country. Ben Barton, how many islands make up Indonesia? And if you'd like, I could give you four choices.
2: Yeah, sure. Okay. How come I didn't get four choices? <laughs> if you'd given me a if First
0: you, what all, You, you a selected choice? 9 million. You selected <laughs> but 9 if million if you'd for given a country me, of 260 million. Like, you can't complain. You given me the reason a, I guess so big is I like, know it's the world's biggest Muslim country. Fine,
2: but if he'd given me four, Indian. look, if he'd given me four choices, A would do have I, been like 35 million, and I would have been quietly like, Thank God, he gave me ABC. Do I have the power
1: to mute? How do I do? No, all right, I will ben mute Barden. myself. How many islands in Indonesia is it a 3,200?
2: B, see, he was gonna say like 14, and the no, first one was gonna one say is a couple 3,
0: thousand, but if 3,000 is the low number, wow, B.
1: 17,000, C, 852, or D, 5,300. So I put them in a wacky order so you couldn't glean anything oh, from my boy. order.
0: Our, bad. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. Oh, so the, the smallest number is 852. The largest number is 5,000. The largest number is 17,000. 17, uh, so, 17,000? What's the, f- the number below 17?
1: Uh, 5,300.
0: I'll, I'll take that. I'll
1: take that. Okay. 17,000 islands make up Indonesia.
2: Still the Am- big, yeah. big country. Uh, it's going to take me like 15 podcasts to come back from 9 million. That should be my nickname from now on is 9 million. Just whenever just I start- say... Whenever you I say something stupid, you can just say the words 9 million and I will uh, acquiesce. The so. well, in kid. your
0: defense, I think you thought the war casualties in the East t- Timor thing were really high.
2: Like, <laughs> ben Barton, invitation to cynicism.
1: In 1975, CBS had a successful game show called The Price is Right. They made a decision that year to change the show from 30 minutes to 60 minutes. Make the argument that this was the greatest television decision in history. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, that show is really dumb, uh, but more of it is better. That's the argument, basically. <laughs> it go, it's still on. Yeah, sure. For, For an like, hour. That's a formula that works really nicely. Like, like, it, it's great. I love that show.
2: That's a kick-ass theme song, too. Back to the previous conversations. I love the chorus. Right. Oh, I just jumped out of my head, but oh, come on, Jeff! I was just humming it while we were talking. You guys talk. Give me a second. So, anyways, I think whoever. Good All right,
1: got it. A gracious plenty. Still, whoever came up with that idea, I hope. I hope they went places. Back oh in yeah, no for sure. I wonder if there was a boss who's like, oh come on, we can't fill another thirty minutes with the price of soup. What are you crazy? All right, it's time for our three songs. R three songs.
0: Ben, you're first this week. Am I up first? Yes. Okay, so uh, I've noticed that. I've chosen quirky selections in some years. And in particular, I know that there are going to be people who are like, this dude chose one Rolling Stones song, and it's a B-side. And he chose one Led Zeppelin song, and it's the Rain song. And so this is the year that I'm willing to work with people and get to yes. Uh, And it's a get to yes on multiple levels. Uh, Jeff told the story of why he didn't first take to Led Zeppelin I did not take to Bruce Springsteen at first because I lived in the New York area, actually I live in Brooklyn and because of New Jersey, like they just wore him out when born in the USA came out. I know it was obnoxious everywhere in America, but it was brutal in the New York area. And they played that album until it hurt me. And I just thought Springsteen was kind of a cheesy Reagan era weasel. So I had a buddy, who came to me and he was like, start with Nebraska, then move to darkness, and that's what I did. And so for a long time, and Jeff will know this, Darkness of the Edge of Town was my favorite Bruce Springsteen record, because I thought it was the most true of his records. But in my fullness of maturity, I've actually come around, and I now see that the critics are right, and that the fans are right, and that actually Born to Run is the best. And I'll let Jeff cue it up. 1975, Hammersmith, Odeon, Thunder Road. But before we get there, let me say why Thunder Road is my selection. The last line of Thunder Road, it's a town full of losers, and we're pulling out of here to win. The Darkness songs and the Nebraska songs are basically like, it's a town full of losers, period, that's it. We're just a town full of losers. That's, that's what life is like here. Yep, that's it. Whereas Border Run has got that hope. And the, the song "Born to Run has got the same thing. Yes. And the older I get, the more I love that. Like, that's the point, man. The point is not that life is horrible and you live in a town full of losers. The point is, you're out of beauty, but you're all right. Get in my car. Let's hit the road. Let's like do you. it. Always have that option. Jeff, if you will.
1: Thunder
3: Road by Bruce Springsteen. Thank <laughs> slams Mary's dress sways Like a vision she dances across the porch as the radio plays Roy Orbison singing for the lonely Hey that's me and I want you only Don't turn me home again I just can't face myself alone
0: so, um, I choose the live version of it because uh-huh. whenever possible, you should choose the live Springsteen. Springsteen is a force of nature, unbelievable. And while I love the recorded version, the live version just takes it to a whole other level. A
1: whole new place. That's the
0: opening song, first show he played on his European leg of Born to Run.
1: Where, where never- is that?
0: What album is that? It's the um, Live at the uh, Hammersmith Odeon in London. Okay. The record comes out in October. CBS Records spends two hundred and fifty grand, the equivalent of one point two million dollars, on PR for the the record in the United States. It's the first record of Springsteen where they want it to be a hit, and it's the Uh first record that's a hit. It is not; he's not even known in Europe. He comes to England as a complete unknown. Okay. And he's livid about the PR campaign calling him the future of rock and roll, the new Dylan. He's just embarrassed by it. He tears down posters of himself before the show, huh. and then he comes out, and that's the opening song, and then he just shreds it. <laughs> um, the guy is just an amazing person. I love this song. I can't get enough of it, and I'm super happy to choose a really, really, really popular song.
1: Really popular song, really great song. I- I gotta tell you i have told you how helen doesn't like to go to concerts anymore well about six years ago i made her go see bruce in charlotte how old is bruce six years ago it's gotta be uh,
0: 65
2: 65 something like that 66 yeah. um, no, five
0: years ago he's not 70 how old is yeah,
2: he yeah he he's 49 70. he's born
0: in 49 yeah so he's 71 oh yeah
2: you're right <laughs> that'll slow me uh, down she she fell in love she almost
1: left me that night because she was just blown away by he's
0: he played for three and a half
1: hours yeah it was crazy he wouldn't leave um incredible live performer and and love that song it was almost my choice as well
2: um i I have nothing to say thunder road's perfect it's a perfect song and both versions the uh the studio version that they that's over that they sweated over every second of to the point where it oh, it could have been overcooked and isn't. Uh-huh. Um, I'm interested. you chose the Hammersmith over the Roxy '75, Ben, which I think is uh, is equally amazing.
1: But where's the, the Roxy? Fact that,
2: that Oh, it's a uh, you know it's the same arrangement, just piano and vocal, and rather than the full band opening uh, okay. the show and yeah. the Roxy in Los Angeles, but it's a club that only holds 400 people. But it was the first track on that giant live box set that Springsteen put out at the height of the Born in the U.S.A. mania. Uh-huh. But uh, that's a perfect song. And so I, I mean, uh, and the reason I have so much to say about Thunder Road is it. It I was going to come tonight and say I can't choose. I cannot choose a song <laughs> between these two songs, and you have to help me. And Thunder Road was one of them.
1: Okay, Thunder no, Road
2: was one of my. I'm picking as well. the other one. I'm picking great. the other one because Ben has gone with it. But I. And this is a weird thing, Like, I enjoy singing Thunder Road maybe more than any other song oh, totally agree. in the world. Yep. Like, it's Second. my go-to, Like, when people are like, Jeff, sing something, or I'm at a mm-hmm. karaoke situation, or like a song comes on the radio, I'm just like crank. Like, I love that song. It's perfect. It's perfect. perfect arrangement, perfect in the lyric. And if you haven't, anybody who thinks they're a live performer and hasn't seen Springsteen, is fooling themselves. Like if you go on stage to play rock music and you haven't watched a Springsteen concert, you you're. It's like yeah, it's like saying you're an artist without going to a museum. Like you have to see what that guy is like live to understand what you're living up to. It, it, Ben's right. Like just as live acts go, I remember the first time I saw Springsteen was 1988 at JFK Stadium in Philadelphia uh-huh. at the on the Amnesty International tour where he was only doing like an hour and it was with Sting and Peter Gabriel right, right. who have come up in this podcast, interestingly. Um, <laughs> and uh, I never heard a crowd explode like that. Like the lights went out and they started, the, started that Bruce chant. And I mean, uh-huh. I saw you too at JF Camp with 110,000 people. Like I'd been in some big, big crowds and no, I'd never, never heard a crowd lose its collective mind <laughs> before an artist had done anything. And right. then 30 seconds into the first song, it was just, it was just bedlam, you know. And then he lived up to it. Then he took it to yeah. he he surpassed that initial energy. It was crazy.
1: I mean, leaving a Springsteen show, you feel like, let's go. I'm gonna take on the world. I'm gonna hug this dude. Let's you know, yeah, let's yeah. go. I'm feeling you're, good.
2: You're you're tired. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> right. I'm like, what that took a lot out of me. Like I can't even <laughs> imagine. So yeah. Um all right, what's your song, Jeff? So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the artist that Springsteen was compared to in 1975. That um, and it's a coin flip even between the two songs. I'm going with Bob Dylan in 75. Um, and the record's Blood on the Tracks. And um, if we'd done this 10 years ago, the song would be Tangled Up in Blue, uh, uh-huh. which is the first track on the record. And uh, um, and for me, just a really important song. Like I think I heard Tangled Up in Blue. I don't remember. I think it was on Biograph uh, so 1982 or three. And, uh, you know, I was already a huge music fan. I was already trying to write songs. I was already trying to put bands together and tangled up in blue. just was like, Oh, I have so much to do. I have so much to learn from life and learn how to use language and just learn how to create. But the song I'm going to pick is actually, um, a sleeper song from that record. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting choice given just where we are in the world. This is an angry, nasty song about being misunderstood, which in some ways hasn't aged very well because it's uh it's a male songwriter complaining about the way he's understood by other people and it's um it's very mean. <laughs> it's it's a little misogynistic, but um I just can't I can't get away from this song. Like, I just, I'm haunted by it. And, uh, the way he sings it, the way he keeps the energy up for eight minutes, every time you think he's like, well, that's gotta be the last verse or that's gotta be the last, um, moment. And then I also, uh, I had a chance to play this song. Um, I did a blood on the tracks night with uh, a bunch of guys where we played the whole song live. Um, and the night before we did the show, we did the rehearsal. And when we played this song, we sang every every verse and we gave uh, a couple of the hotshot guys, in the band, a chance to solo. It was almost 15 minutes long and we <laughs> got to the end of it. And, and we were all about the same age. We were all about 45 and we'd obviously tapped into to whatever Dylan was tapping into at that moment. Like he'd been famous for a long time his marriage is falling apart. His kids are growing. He's isolated from not only his actual self, but from the image of himself that had been beloved for so long. And and he just communicates the, the confused darkness of that I'm a completely enigmatic, misunderstood public figure that everybody thinks they understand and own and nobody has any clue what the hell is going on. And I, I have felt that way a lot. I felt right. that way a lot in my 40s. Um, so my song is Idiot Wind. And Ugh. here it is.
3: Idiot Wind by Bob Dylan Someone's got it in for me They're planning to
0: This is my, I'm going to have to change now. That was my selection for 76, the live <laughs> version from the Rolling Thunder tour. Yeah, I almost picked that. angrier and more raw. And, and longer. Like 10 and a half minutes. what's wrong with this song as a selection. It's a divorce song. Yeah. Way more than a I'm too famous and I'm disassociated song. And he freaking hates his wife. Yeah. I know. No. You hurt the ones that I love best, and cover, and cover up, cover the, up truth the truth lies. lies. One day you'll be in the ditch, flies buzzing around your
2: eyes, blood on the saddle. Well, I mean, that is <laughs> just, <I> mean, <laughs> spits it out. Yeah, and, and then and then there's later, another
0: verse. There's another I, verse after that. Two I mean, verses. Two verses later, I noticed at the ceremony your corrupt ways had finally made you blind. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. dude. Yeah. But I'm with you, man. That record is a masterpiece. I'm a big Dylan guy, and that's my favorite by a mile. And similar to the James Brown thing, this is a late-life peak for me. This is a guy who had four different careers, and finally kind of like this is to me where his artistic top is. And it's because he peels off the Band-Aid. He's not singing in in haikus or circles anymore. (laughs) It's a raw, personal record about how horrible his life is. And for whatever reason, it speaks to me every time, even this song, which <laughs> expresses an amount of hate for a person he used to love that is really, really hard to listen to
2: yeah, H- have you have but it's also did... irresistible, like I mean it's just i, I mean I, I mean this is one of those things where people are like, Dylan can't sing like i have I, I a lot of my musician friends out here are younger, and they're like, "Oh, I understand you like the poetry." but he can't sing or play. I'm just like, you don't even understand rock music. If you think, you listen to that track and say this guy can't sing. I mean, and you're right in the, in the live version, like he uses all these triplets, like you did know me any better than that. I mean, it's just the, his timing is so unbelievable on this record in this tour. Like he sings his ass off. Oh all dude, right? in the live one though, he spits
0: it out. He spits, he's just disgusted to have to sing it. It's amazing. All
1: right,
3: yeah.
0: here's, here's what we're gonna
1: do. Uh, Ben, you have a 16 year old. How old are you? Yeah. Youngest?
0: Uh, 16 and 19.
1: Okay. So let's, let's all play this song, like trap our 16 year olds in a room or in the car and let's play this song for them. And oh, I played back it for my
0: 16 year old already. My 19 year old is a lost cause. There's no way she would like it. My 16 year old kind of dug it. She's got a really? edge to
2: it. Totally. Yeah, those, like, Will's actually got it on his iPod on his phone. All right, list. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. All
1: right, I'm gonna report back next week. Uh, but
0: dude, the other thing that like, if you're 16, I was like, it's a breakup song where you hate somebody, and she was like, ooh, and I was like, we can <laughs> yeah, help media, and she was
2: like, okay, that's how you sell it. That's brilliant. But I, the the other sleeper <laughs> Dylan pick for 75 is a live track, and Ben's right that like, Dylan's so on fire in concert this year, and it's the song ISIS
0: oh i love this one too Roland i mean, ISIS.
2: On the, I mean that's another breakup song and it and it's on a record where he tries to write a reconciliation song for his wife named after her like that song sarah that closes desire yeah i mean it's so it's so uncomfortable to listen to because it's like it's we're breaking up or maybe we aren't maybe if i write sad-eyed lady the lowlands one more time you'll you won't do it but isis oh. is phenomenal yeah it's a really great dylan moment like Seventy-five and seventy-six, and then he, and then he goes stark raving mad for yeah. a decade. I mean, which is
0: understandable given what he's going through. Because yeah, here he's yeah. like
2: completely naked in front of the crowd. He's just stripped right. himself yep. there. And the next time he's he's uh, hiding behind uh, hiding behind a Bible. He's holding yep. up in front of him.
1: Interesting. Oh, just like our friend. Never mind.
2: Okay. To be topical, not to be topical, not to be topical. <laughs> to be topical. <laughs> um, All right, Tim. What do you got for us, buddy? I
1: have Thunder Road on my list. I have um, Tangled Up in Blue on my list. How about that? Um, Ben, I I thought a sentimental Cats in the Cradle father masculinity thing might be coming through, but you stayed away from Cats in the Cradle. Um, My favorite love song by 10CC, I'm I'm Not not in Love, is not the song. I'm just saying that this was a hard, hard year. Um, Mandy. By Mary Manilow. I'll throw that out there. (laughs) But no, I um, I mean, it's funny. I'm totally cheating because Tangled Up in Blue is my favorite all-time song. And I'm not going to pick it. uh, Because I am sick of you two musical snobs who play your instruments and know things like notes and beats and stuff uh, (laughs) looking down on me. So tonight, I'm going to rock and roll. But it's a long way to the top. Oh,
3: really? really want to yeah. rock and roll. It's a long way to the top if you wanna rock and roll by ACDC. dc
2: Crazy one where they start with the bass instead. This is actually my favorite song on the record. This live wire. And then
1: well, that sounds like. Uh...
2: <laughs> it starts every song starts chord and I that love it. it they're awesome. all they're
0: all really good yeah. yeah awesome well it's a great companion piece to Led Zeppelin like the Led Zeppelin thing has so many different like the riffs are much tighter and there's single notes on the guitar whereas you're right it's just like a lead guitar like all chopped up in these little pieces for ACDC it's amazing yeah. and yeah. also like one of the original guitar tech fruitcakes like that yes. sound the sound of his guitar was completely unique. And then, by the time we get to Back in Black, forget it. Like yep. he's perfected that sound.
1: Yeah. All right, I got. I got to make a note. I'm sorry. The note was guitar tech. What
0: geek or wizard or whatever? Like he just really, really, really worked hard to get that sound. Yeah. All some right. guys We're, just some guys just plug that. in
2: and like, but yeah, nobody sound like exactly right. Like you can tell. If you listen to rock music, you can pick out the ACDC guitar tone in a second, and then you can pick out all the bands that imitated it and didn't quite get it. And oh, it really yeah. no, sounds, sure, it sounds so much less cool, like, you huh. know. And that's what a lot of bad metal is, that not Guy quite getting to, to, yeah, any tone. Well, I, I want so to come back to that. It feels like somebody's so, like, shrilling off. You
1: know? I want to come back to that when uh, when we get to Van Halen. Um, and Ooh. you can tell me about what guys do to their guitars to make them sound so weird. But that is it. We're over an hour.
2: Oh, dear. Well, 1975 was worth it. There's a yeah, lot going on. I'm sure you can. Um, I'm sure you can cut out about half the shit that I say. For example, no, totally. nobody needs to hear my Indonesia guests. So that seems like a really <laughs> that seems like a really clear edit on on behalf of the audience. Uh, can, I got
1: good news and bad news. We're. Uh, we're
2: I, I believe me, dude. We're going to be
1: leading off with that.
2: Uh, I next am, week. Oh God! You know, I have a mild reputation for for borderline intelligence. It's right out the window. <laughs> Goodbye.
1: Hey! Uh, uh, All right. Well, I've, I've got to get home. We got a new puppy.
2: Oh, congratulations. Quarantine puppy. Albus
1: Dumbledog.
0: Oh, it's a quality name. That is really quality.
1: All right. What kind, what kind of dog? Oh, he's a mutt. They said, they said a shepherd, uh, lab mix, but he's looking a little houndish. So he's a pit. No, if you, you got to a
2: rescue it's a pit bull I mean they're all pits
1: they're not
2: they'll tell you like that's a shepherd Australasian <laughs> labradoodle that's also <laughs> 90% pit bull that's not called for at all
1: <laughs> that's not I'm cutting that alright guys
0: <laughs> I'll see you later great right, seeing okay, your friends. well done man Have hey listen guys. Tim are you ready what? you know what it's a long way to to the top it's a long way to the top if you want to <laughs> rock and roll baby let's go <laughs> bye gang bye, bye.
1: Thanks so much for listening to 50 Years of Music. Check us out on Twitter and give us some advice.
2: Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the want Bet podcast?
0: David, have you ever seen a grown man naked?
2: Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th.